everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast on a special day. It's International Women's Day. Yay! Uh, yay. I have to say yay, right? <laughs> yes, gonna, you do. Because I'm an ally, right? You are an ally. You are a father a of women's, a daughter. I am a father of a daughter. It's you have a mother. You have a sister. You have a wife. One of many. Yeah. Well... You know, they die of exhaustion. What can I say? <laughs> um, all right, so we've got a great show today. Speaking of women, we've got April Richardson with us. She is the founder of Saver at Studio 3807. It's Prince George's County's first food hall and only the second African-American-owned food hall in the country. They have got a range of dining options. They've got artisans. They've got all that. We're going to hear from uh, April shortly. But she's also brought in a bunch of merchants from... Artisans uh, and vendors. Artisans and vendors. Purveyors. <laughs> what are, I don't know. Chef, what are you? You're one of those. Bianca Tabs of Curated DMV is an ind- independent designers, artist, and emerging brand studio, really, that sells high-end handcrafted... Uh, products. Kathy Voss of Voss Foods uh, has a vegan food concept out there. Mackenzie Kidbury of Little Miners Taco Taqueria is in. I think he brought food. Good man. That always gets you an extra plus on this show. Chef Damian Brown of the brunch carryout concept Uncaged Chefs. The famous. Do you see the fried chicken? Uncaged chefs. No, I did. there it is. There. Oh, chef, <laughs> you just vaulted right into a dead heat with Mackenzie. Um, and um, uh, April and Kathy also have a concept out there called uh, Community Cocktail at Saver. And we're going to be tasting some of those as well. But first, we're going to go talk to Mitch Berliner out at uh, Central Farm Markets. The well-traveled Mitch Berliner. Hey, Mitch. How are you? Are you there? Wonderful. Oh, what a beautiful day it is here. We've got great crowds, lots of vendors at Nova and at Bethesda. How are you guys doing? We're good, we're great. So where tell have us- you been? Well, I went, uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, we can talk about it, but we'll cut to the chase. Unfortunately, everybody seems to have different vacations. So we have grandkids that are on vacation. Oh, it was that. I thought that, it was. We- I thought it was food stuff. Actually, we were supposed to be right now at Expo West, the largest gathering of natural food industry in the world. And they canceled that with... attendees. They canceled it 11 hours before we got on the plane. Right. Oh, my goodness. So it, uh, it was unbelievable. So well, they're canceling a lot of things. But, but what, are you guys, what are you guys doing at the market? So, I mean, there is some panic. Is there things that you guys are putting in place to... Because your vendors are there well, and showing up. So what is... What are you guys doing? Is are people concerned? I'll tell you the you know, people uh, I think people are um, you know, just behaving like they normally do. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of elbow shaking and mm-hmm. fist bumping mm-hmm. and uh, you know, people slapping each other's tushies, but there's no hugging and you know, kissing and uh, hearty handshakes. So, I would say that's about the only thing that's really different. Okay. Um, you know, just do what they say. Wash, wash your hands and, and go uh, shopping. Just and go shopping and eat good food and uh, stay healthy. All right. So tell so us what's special it. at the it's market today, Mitch. Well, this is terrific. We didn't even have this once last year. Our fishmonger has shad roe, 
Oh, wow. You never yeah. had shad roe. It's unbelievable. It's from the Chesapeake. Mm-hmm. Pan fried it up with bacon. It's unbelievable. And it's a short a season. Meal. Shad roe does not last long. Super short. Mm-hmm. Super short. So I saw it today and I, boom, I was like the first person to buy it. Hmm. <laughs> Went right over to uh, Meat Crafters. got some bacon and uh, I'm set for tonight. Um, I can tell you uh, some exciting news um, for those of your listeners, maybe you've heard of Yael's Bakery, Y-A-E-L mm-hmm. Bakery. They make fabulous bagels across from the National Zoo. They'll be coming to Nova and uh, Bethesda's starting next weekend. So there's gonna, they're going to have whitefish salad, their hand-done bagels, um, oh, all kinds of great stuff from Ivy City right here in D.C. So that's terrific. And prematurely we started our music program usually we don't start till april but it's so warm so we have musicians at all the markets and uh we have our stony man cheeses at both markets with an enormous selection of terrific cheeses i know you had the oyster guy uh on the radio last week we so did I'll be heading over there for some oysters his oysters are unbelievable so come out to bethesda and get that and one more piece of really Great news. In about a week or two, we will have the first organic heirloom tomatoes. From oh, Florida. I'm ready. I'm Me so too. ready. I can't wait. Yeah. All right, buddy. Yeah. Um, so, so just let's make sure so everybody knows where the, today's markets are. All right. So we have our two year-round markets, our Nova Central Farm Market on the parking lot of the George C. Marshall High School in the shadows of Tyson's Corner on Route 7. And in Bethesda, we're downtown on the Bethesda Elementary School year-round on Sundays. Come and visit centralfarmmarkets.com. All right, man. Thanks, Mitch. Welcome home. All right, so let's talk to April Richardson because you're an attorney. Wait, 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 wait. I want to. You're an attorney. You've been talking nonstop. I know. I like to talk. But you're an attorney. How did this whole food thing get started with you yeah so i'm not just an attorney i'm an attorney from baltimore all right right so what what difference does that make in baltimore we have this thing where we just get things done mm-hmm. um i came from kind of the inner city with um nothing but um things that were in front of me that weren't pretty so i decided to take my life and turn it into something better went to law school decided that um they don't teach you about business in law school um so i've always been an entrepreneur selling everything and um I turned companies around for a living. I, I served as a prosecutor for years in white-collar crimes um, during the height of the mortgage foreclosure crisis. People were losing their well, homes. I got a p- couple of people you could still put away. I'll, I'll get them as long as, you know, I'll get them. <laughs> we'll just go and move into their homes. Um, but at that time, like, everybody was losing their homes, and all I could do was prosecute. Um, but I couldn't stop the homes from actually being sold. So when people were losing their homes, on top of that, they were losing their businesses. On top of that, their divorce rates were skyrocketing, and they became homeless. Mm-hmm. And every day I go into the office and prosecute, and then I said, I have to do something more besides prosecute mortgage fraud. I'm going to help these people save their businesses. The DMV, we have entrepreneurs that have side jobs, front jobs, extra jobs. It's a gig economy. It's a gig economy. Mm-hmm. And then when you take up someone's house— Right. And then you take their family. All they have left is their business. And once that comes crumbling down and they have nothing. nothing. So I spent hours um, a week um, turning companies around at no cost. I'd prosecute during the day and then meet these same victims at night to try and turn their companies around. You're Joan of Arc. But so well, how, you know, but with better hair. how were you able to <laughs> yeah, much better? Uh, how are you able to. So with these people that you found yeah. through your law practice, is that how you found these so, people? Like, how did you wind up? 
how did the word spread? How did so, you find up with Yeah, with so um, because I was turning companies around, there was a company that came to me um, by, the name, by the name of Delectable Cakery. It was a very cool bakery, a tiny bakery, but mm-hmm. it kept falling upon hard times. It just kept failing and failing and failing. Where and was they, it located? It was, it was actually located. It started in Washington, D.C. by uh-huh. my business partner, Derek. And then they moved to Prince George's County. Was it a brick and mortar, or were it they was, working out of one of the food halls? Well, no, I mean the, incubators. Yeah, the at the incubators. time there weren't incubators. Like this is before the whole sexy incubator and food hall thing know, came. Right? They were working out of a small kitchen in the middle of nowhere, just trying to sell cakes out of their car. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some success um, when they moved into Landover Hills into like this tiny commercial kitchen space. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they just kept getting, um, you know, they just kept falling on hard times. Remember when Snowmageddon happened? Yeah. Like that closed down so many businesses and. Because businesses are small, that whole week actually started this entire trajectory of business failures. Um, Mm -hmm. When I got involved, um, I decided that this was a company worth saving. I like the people. I like the product. Um, The product was the D.C. Actually, it was called the sweet potato cake at the the Mm -hmm. time. And when I got involved, I saw just how nostalgic it was. And I decided at that moment that I will come in and turn that company around. Mm-hmm. Um, and happy to say, um, I was a single mom raising my son, and I asked my son, who's gi- yeah, he's a big old baby, um, <laughs> I said, listen, I won't be able to spend a lot of time with you. Is it okay if you allow me to grow my business? And I said, it's a bakery, and everybody knows my son is like 6'10 now, right? And he's uh. 17, so he's always big. He looked at the baked goods and he was like, I'm all in. Right. So long as I get my cut. Yeah. Right, right. Become your official taster. Yeah. Pay me your food. Right. So that's kind of what happened. And then so did I, you join the bakery or you came on as a well, business? Well, I came on as a lawyer. Okay. Right? Um, because I wanted to at least prop the company up, save the company, learn the people, learn sure. the product. Sure. But then it just became a little bit obvious that they needed more than just me kind of navigating from the sideline. Um, my business partner was like, come on board. Uh-huh. And then I decided to turn the company around by establishing relationships with Starbucks, Nordstrom's, Wegmans, Safeways. And probably in about three years, working part-time with the bakery, I was able to get the bakery up to about a million dollars in sales. Oh, my God, that's really? amazing. And so, all right, you're working with the bakery. Yep. And you're working with small businesses. You're helping raise them up. How do you come up with this food hall concept. Right. So we were kind of like the hottest bakery in town. We still okay. are, I like to say, hot and sexy. Mm-hmm. And um, That's DC, how I describe myself. <laughs> me too. Yeah. It's self-proclaimed. Yeah. And D.C. Um, had, you know, D.C. government said, hey, listen, why don't you come into D.C. and we'll help you um, kind of get acclimated and, and get product on the market. So we packed up out of Prince George's County because they couldn't compete and they didn't have the services offered. Got into D.C. and there was this emerging food hall that was happening at the time. And we were promised that we will go into that food hall. Are you going to tell us which one? And this way, I can't tell you which one because okay. they'll kill me because oh, I still on. go we there. Know which okay. one. And despite multiple applications and, oh, we lost it. Oh, we can't find it. Oh, can you apply again? I was like, that's not cool. You have all these companies that have never been in business, never had a track record. But here we are, um, you know, demonstrating that we had the best product community, mm-hmm. the people, and we couldn't get in. So I what told, do you think? The issue was. I don't know. I don't like to speculate. Well, I just you know can that we were racism, or you I'm, can say. Well, you, you know, I'm really careful no, about that word. No, but it's a diverse hall. Um, I mean, there. I, I mean, it didn't start out diverse. It it, it really did not. Um, it was a very vanilla um, development where you know the thing about food halls is that you have to you have to um, you have to give them culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we figured out that we're just not going to get in because the competition for getting in just kept, you know, escalating, escalating. Right. Um, I went back to my team and said, we're not going to get in. And they're upset. They're mad. I said, how do you get mad at something that does not belong to you? We will build our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that moment, I decided I'm going to build my own. Okay. Right. But how did you, but so 
you know, food halls are a national trend right yeah. now, right? So they really started um, out west, moved over to the east in New York. Yeah. Um, they're not in every city, but yeah. they are beginning to pop up. So how were you able, where did you want to do it? What were you looking to do? How did Saver come together? So um, when I decided that I was going to build a food hall, I went to Prince George's County, um, number one. It's just cheaper um, mm-hmm. And I couldn't get anyone to listen to this concept because we didn't have many in the D.C. region. And of the of the approximate 250 food halls, um, none of them were uh, minority owned. And I think maybe two were women owned. Mm. Um, and then I had to look at why. So then it became, oh, they're all owned by developers and maybe some right, really fancy. Right, they're amenity projects. Right, it's amenity and really fancy chefs. So the first thing was the barrier to getting in. I couldn't get financing. No one mm-hmm. really wanted to hear about it. Although I kept saying, but you guys are in them now in D.C. Why can't we do it here? There was a chance encounter with the developer his name is um, Peter Siegel of Landex. Yeah, I saw him in your material. Yeah, someone mm-hmm. had connected me with him because they were like, April knows how to get stuff done. How about you have a conversation um, about with her? And um, he and I started um, having a conversation about what is a food hall. And then he started going to food halls and he goes, I want the project. I said, but I, I don't have money. And he decided that he and I would negotiate a developer deal, which means that the developer saw the value in the food hall, the value mm-hmm. to the community, and then we, we struck the deal. And then I took along with me um, people who, along my food journey, um, that I met, and I said, I got to work with this person. Um, and that's how the vendors came about over at Saver. Okay, Great. perfect. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's introduce all the uh, vendors who are in studio, and we'll give everybody a little bit of time to talk about their project, what they're doing, and then the work at Saver Food Hall. Fantastic. This is David and Nikki Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a second. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We've been talking to uh, April Richardson about Saver and how the sort of the the genesis of the Saver concept. Uh, And we brought in a bunch of the uh, purveyors, if you will, from Saver. And uh, Bianca Tabs, the, the, she of the unbelievable fingernails, is here. With us. <laughs> but I want to start with April, just quickly. April, when it came to filling your food hall, what was your vision? How many vendors did you yeah. want? How did you want to decide what it was? It all food? Was it a bit of artisans? Like, yeah. how did you decide what that was going to look like? I talked like? to the community. I went out and I door knocked. I mean, the community has representatives like their town council, but I don't think people actually talk to individuals. So I knocked on doors and said, what do you want to see in your community? Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, Saver Food Hall is in Brentwood, which was a food desert. Um, and it's a, it's in the arts district. So you got a lot of people with a lot of things that they wanted. Um, people wanted a diversity, um, a diverse selection of food. And, and I was like, well, what if we add an element of an indoor farmer's market? So we have an indoor farmer's market. Her name is Relish. She grows her own peppers, and then she turns them into sauces, and then she puts them in the market. But then I was like, we have so many people that make stuff in our region. Mm-hmm. Pillows, you know, apothecary, skin care. And I said, let's bring in someone who has all of these relationships that can actually bring other artists together to sell them under one roof. And that's how I found Bianca. So Bianca, hi there. How are you? So how did you how did you become the knower of all these things? Uh, Well, I've been doing a a lot of entertainment and working with artisans for the past couple of years in the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just kind of reached out to my network to see, you know, who wanted to be a part of the project. I was super excited when April brought me in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I searched through all different uh, cities in the uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, um, word of mouth, people brought me people, hey, I know someone that does this. Hey, I know someone that does that that might be interested. So it came together really organically. And uh, a lot of the products are just uh, homemade, handcrafted, uh, beautiful 
just amazing. And well, give us an idea of like what some of these products look like and what is um, what is the uh, application process? How do people apply to we didn't get how many spaces are there? So it's total nine. Nine spaces. Yeah. So not a ton. So and and how many spaces are food versus how many um, spaces are seven not? Seven are food. One is a vendor market. The other is a farmer's market. And then we have a pop-up. Okay. Yeah. So this is for the vendor market. Mm-hmm. How did you go about curating your uh, selections? Uh, well, me and two interns that we had this summer, we just really hit the ground running um, we went to Crafty Bastards, uh, Crafty Bastards festivals. We mm-hmm. went to vendor markets. We went to Eastern Market. Like we really, uh, like Online. April says, hit the streets. We did social <laughs> right. media. Mm-hmm. We just reached out to people and to see if they would be a part of our project. And um, they were very excited, not seeing the space, not knowing me. So those are the people that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys deal with the issue? Basically, what was originally your issue? I want to do it. I can do it, but yeah. I don't have the funds. But part of a saver, what separates us from a lot of the food markets is that we are an incubator. Okay. So I use, um, so they get the benefit of legal um, accounting, business um, development, and we also help them source financing. So all your listeners is out there, bring that money on over to saver. Mm-hmm. Because right. mm-hmm. people like Bianca, they she did not have an entry into the market. A developer made it easy for me, so it was my responsibility to make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So is it your market, and then you bring in all the products? Yes, ma'am. So I source all of the artisans. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the process is application process. Just name, email, contact, social media. I look at their websites. Um, they come meet with me. They give me testers of their products mm-hmm. so that myself, my friends, April, we can actually test the products because everything that's sold, we want to say we've tested it. We approve. Mm-hmm. Um, we loved it. We loved it. And we like the people. So I'm going to exactly. get some McKenzie's like tacos people. are good. Yeah, and we can actually can give you right. an honest opinion about how they feel, how they smell, and what they do. But, well, so that's, but they also yes. have, like, um, one thing Bianca didn't mention is that she is an expert in um, brand design. So, yes. some, so the artists that come into her vendor spot... They get the benefit of her helping them to repackage and make their product look better and more market. Yes, you know, market. I do graphic design and web design and all those things. I actually did Saver's website. I'm proud of that. Good for you. It's a great <laughs> website. So let's talk about some of the products you yes. brought in today. Yeah, so I have uh, Queen's Temple. She has a three-in-one skin detox. So this is a mask, an exfoliant, and a skin wash, and it's super Pass it amazing. Down. Let me see. You can use it every day. It has tiny bits of charcoal in it. It's Just super amazing. It, mm-hmm. Um, it's very light. It lathers really well, and it lasts a, a really long time. Cool. And she's super amazing. Miss Rochelle, she has tons of products. She's natural deodorant, sugar scubs, hair care. And she's where's all really that come awesome. from? Does she? I mean, she's not making it all. She, make, she, she makes, makes really? handmade. She makes everything in the market is handmade and Seriously. handcrafted. Yeah. yeah. And the candle. So this is a manifest dope ish. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I really love Isabis. All of her candles have a very positive message on the front. Um, and they smell amazing. And her price points are super awesome. What are the price points for this? Uh, Fourteen dollars. Wow, that is mm-hmm. for a candle. For a candle. Yeah, not Yankee prices. Uh, I can't. I can't keep them on the shelf. That's <laughs> well, probably my say, only one I have left. And this is the um, mask. This face wash. Twenty dollars. Yes. That's amazing. So, and I do love the packaging. So the it's vendors beautiful. will actually wholesale it to Bianca, mm-hmm. or they will um, consign their products to Bianca, and then she. Um, puts in her fees, and then we sell it into the market Okay, mm-hmm. at, cool. right at Saver. Mm-hmm. Also cool. have Tell two, us what else. Uh, Artiga Wood Design. So he makes wood jewelry. Mm-hmm. He literally buys blocks of wood, sands them down, shapes them, so dyes pretty. them. 
Um, and his story is interesting. He started making jewelry for his girlfriend, and other women started noticing her jewelry Uh-oh. and does asking, he still have "Where the same did he?" Girlfriend? Yeah, and and they're the cutest couple. So he started manufacturing jewelry based on uh, buying things and making things for her. So that's how his business organically started. And rocks and glitter, she's so amazing, Aaliyah. She just has such a creative mind, and I don't know how she comes up with the jewelry that she does, but. She's just super amazing. And can I just add, um, Bianca's market is super important because the majority of the makers in that market are people of color. Yes. I was going to ask if that was, yes. you know, part of the process. I mean, yes. I'm assuming it is. Yeah, yeah, it's important for them to, um, I said, get out of the kitchen, get out of the, right. the the house and actually move into a retail space where they can have, a, well, you know, be seen. And That's you know, what I was going to ask you. How many of these people have tried to get financing, have gone to a everyone. bank and all of that? Everyone. And everybody everyone. in the bank I have about say, 30 artisans in my in my mm-hmm. space. Um, and I also have this lovely bag um, made by Don Rousey. That bag is amazing. It is amazing. Um, I saw it when you came in. bags and handcrafts, all of his bags, and different yeah. colors, different textures. Great. Super amazing. He has totes. We have wallets. What's his name again? Don Rousey. Don Rousey. Cool. Mm-hmm. How much fun to be able to get out there because there are so many people making amazing products and giving them this ability and helping them. I mean, the, it's it's really the help because I think a lot of people struggle with I, I have a product yeah. or I make this in my kitchen and they don't know how to go right. to the they next step. Yeah, yeah. right. And, the transition, and the manufacturing part of it. You know, um, how do you take someone that makes five products and and help them make five thousand? And that's what I do. I manufacture right. you, for some of the top. How do you go up? How do you go up? And they uh-huh. just don't have the resources. But being part of the Saver Food Hall, they get that. Right. All they have to do is say, "Hey, we want to learn how to kind of um, scale up." What's it take? And that's exactly what they do. They uh, figure out how do I increase my pricing? How do I increase my productivity? How do I get more people to see my products? It's that small step before you get to the big guys. Well, learning how to package, too. I mean, uh, absolutely. A lot of people who can make something and have no idea We've how to package We've redesigned many packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you just meet so many different people who are passionate about what they do. So we just really try to turn that passion into a profit. Right, I well, love let, that. Let, Kathy, you want to come up to the microphone? Let's go, that Kathy. One right there. Kathy, Kathy, Voss. Voss. Kathy, go to Voss this food. One. <laughs> go to that one. Go to one of them. There yes. you go. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? All right. So Kathy has Voss Vegan, and she's April's partner in Community Cocktails. So tell, tell us, us about both. Tell us about your world. Yeah, sure. I'm really excited to bring vegan food to Brentwood. Um, there are some other vegan options in the area, but like I always say, just because it's uh, ethical doesn't mean it's healthy. So a lot of people take a vegan stance, like I don't want to hurt animals, I want to be more environmentally friendly. You can do that, but you can also do it in a really unhealthy way. So the whole uh, idea behind Voss Food is make it super clean, as local as possible, and super healthy. So we're uh, preparing foods that aren't necessarily deep fried, um, Yeah, uh, you grown. know, because I was going to mm-hmm. say, listen, we've had quite a few... Uh, vegan uh, concepts in studio, mm-hmm. and they're good. Mm-hmm. But from a calorie standpoint, yeah, it's crazy, they're, right? <laughs> they're all deep fried, yeah. and I'm like, there's got to be more ways, right, to get people to eat plant based options mm-hmm. without covering it in stuff that's that's higher in calories than it right. needs to be. Do exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah, totally, absolutely. So uh, the way we designed the menu was sort of hot items, cold items. Uh-huh. And then we have a cheat day section as well, so you can get those. So you can get the fried stuff. You can stuff get the fried you stuff. It. I, right. you know, Gorgeous. but you, like it, it is definitely for a, a cheat day. So option. what does that mean to you when you say really clean food for the, let's say, uh, people who want to incorporate more plant-based options into their daily dining? Mm-hmm. 
what are tell us about some of these options? Sure. So when I mean clean, it's the food itself is the ingredient. It doesn't have an ingredient list with it. Mm-hmm. So we want to take great product. Um, I actually think you should hashtag that or like make that oh, your secondary statement. Oh, great. Again? I don't even know what I said. Just, well, basically. As well, I mean, there's like 14 people recording this. Feed right. it back somebody, to me. Somebody right. will play it back. But like, I think that is so right. important. Yeah. Right? There's no ingredients. Right. It's the food. Exactly. And that's beautiful. Well, thanks. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we'll send a bill later. Yeah, you know, I, you can be my new consulting team, yeah. right? It's fantastic. I am not going to compete with April. Are you? Kidding? No, we were. You know, at no, I'm first, afraid of April already. Right? Yeah. Yeah. April is so gentle. Just make sure no, you stop at Saver. Her son is six ten. I'm not messing with her. Yeah, we're six tall with heels. So if you have any single listeners that you know, well, okay, wrong show. Okay, wrong show. Wrong show. No, no, we can do that later. We can do that. We can do that later. What I wanted to say with Voss Food is that um. You know, you have to have options inside of a food hall. Mm -hmm. And what we try and tell people is that don't just come and visit one person. Pick off the menus and eat from everyone. So if you are eating at Uncaged Chef, if you are eating at Little Mighty's Taco, pick up some beets from Voss Food and then pick up some shea butter from, you know, curated DMV. Right. right? But can I get back to Kathy for a second? Mm -hmm. Because my question is, Mm -hmm. you've got to source this. Do you source, you try and source locally, We do. So do you run into... Like the big restaurants and everybody else that's trying to source locally too, and the farmers say, "Well, you know, I'm already that's supplying yeah. Joe Blow." Kind of, you know. My chef partner Mackenzie is here to my right. Uh, we did a farm tour in November just to find smaller farms that were willing to work with us to to get this local product in. But it's a perfect match, it right? Is, right? I mean, that's yeah, a perfect did you have match. Trouble? No, no, no. They were open to it. Um, there's even one farm that we visited where if they can't get a delivery to us, that you can go at one in the morning and they'll have produce out for you. And it's an honor system and put money in a drop box. Oh my God. I right. Yeah. That. It's literally that's that cool. convenient. So tell us about some of the other options on your menu quickly. We have like a minute left. Yeah. No worries. There's a soba noodle salad, really mm-hmm. great Japanese buckwheat noodles. We toss it with some ginger, sesame oil, shredded carrots, radish, lots yeah. of nutrients and um, micronutrients and just even the garnish in that dish, but mm-hmm. super healthy, full of fiber. Filling. Good stuff. And how is the community responding to the offer? Uh, really offerings? well. I mean, the community's embraced us. I can't complain at all. Right. Um, a lot of local people coming specifically for vegan food. That's great. Yeah. I, it's, totally. I mean, I feel there's been a real shift. When we mm-hmm. started our show 11 years ago, we had like some vegan group on and they could not sell it. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. now with all changing the terminology to plant based and getting people to understand that taking meat out of your diet on a more regular basis is not just healthier for us as individuals, but also for the environment. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do some non-plant-based eating. (laughs) This is David and Nikki Nellis. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking about Saber Food Hall out in Brentwood. And we're eating very well. So we've got another one of the vendors out there. Mackenzie, are you ready? Mackenzie yes. Kidbury is makes he's got a taqueria out there called Little Miners Taco. Why Little Miners? Uh, so when I was deciding what to name it, um, I wanted to know where taco came from, the origin of the word. Mm-hmm. And were you, were you in a mine? At the I time? researched it. It said they came from uh, the 18th century in Mexico. Miners and miners in Mexico would create or make their own lunch. Dynamite. Mm-hmm. What? Blow holes in the ground. Right? Okay. And they would name these things tacos. They would wrap gunpowder with oh. paper and they would name them tacos. So 
when they went to lunch, they brought tortillas, they brought all their ingredients, the proteins, and they would wrap the tortillas in that. And someday somebody said they called it a taco, and uh, that's where the work came Did they from. ever get confused and eat the dynamite? Or <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, if they did, we wouldn't know, would we? That's not what no. I was doing. <laughs> all right, so what's your uh, the whole but story on you? But you have background. You're, you right. cooked at Joe's, right? Yeah, I was... I was working at Joe's. I've been all over the city. Um, mm-hmm. So with me, it's like I'm very passionate about two things, which is my family, and I love to travel and experience culture. So I wanted to find a way, to, you know, where I can do both. Okay. Where I can provide and We're I can have travel. To find out if he learned any lessons mm-hmm. while he's You have to ask him the name of that dish. What's the name of this dish? That's a birria. Birria de res. You want to try it? That that dish has over three million views on social media. Oh my god! One day we woke up, the line was short. Four hours later, the line was out the door. We didn't understand why. That's because someone came in and dipped his barilla into the sauce, posted it, and then it went viral. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Yeah, it went viral. Yeah. So, how did you come up with your menu items, and how did you and April wind up meeting? So, me and April, we met through Kathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked with Kathy at Joe's, and um, mm. Kathy met April. Before I did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just connected the dots from there. Right, but how did you come up with your concept? I mean, what did you want to do? How did that all come together? I, I, I love to eat tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, that's <laughs> well, one of my favorite things to eat. What, what, he, and, and people think that Mackenzie is of Hispanic descent, and he is not. Okay. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm actually Asian mm-hmm. um, descent. Okay. But I have traveled a lot. And one thing about me is like... I. I love to travel. I love to experience culture, and I respect all culture. Um, so I kind of use food as a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how. I mean, you know what they call a taco in Asia? It's a wonton. Which, you know, <laughs> so, essentially. But, yeah. but as you were putting together your menu and your concept, this is I mean, good. how did you all flesh out what would be? Because so I assume you all talked together. Yeah. How did you flesh out what you wanted on that menu? I wanted to bring um, very authentic flavor and things that are missing, I feel are missing in this area when we talk about Mexican food. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do like Tex-Mex. I want I, I wanted to bring the flavors I've experienced in Mexico, mm-hmm. in the West Coast, Texas, California, yeah. things like that um, over here. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of, in the DMV area, there's a lot of people that travel from all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like... It's an educated city when it comes to food. Yes. You yeah. know, I mean, you're not dealing with people who don't know what things are. Right. Mackenzie was on our top list because he has to be the one of the um, more diverse chefs that we've come across. Like, he, it's just, he can just make anything because mm-hmm. he's so well-studied in food. Um, from the food hall applications, we had about 75 um, applications just for six spots. And he went to the top of the list once we did our sampling with him. That's amazing. And so how is that working for you? Like, what's your, now that you have this spot, are you looking to do, are you looking to grow? Like, what's your, what's next for you? Oh, definitely. I want to grow. Um, I've always wanted to open a taqueria. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I've, my background is more in, like, fine dining. I've worked at, you know, the fancier restaurants in mm-hmm. D.C. Um, I kind of I've I've worked my way around the city as a form of educating myself on how to cook, how to use ingredients, how to use technique, mm-hmm. um, and I want to just apply all that to any form of restaurants, whether it be a quick service, taqueria, anything that we want to do. Mm-hmm. 
I just want to respect the culture in which we're cooking, the ingredients, and um, just make good food. Well, this is delicious. Um, tell us um, what we're eating right now. That's the birria, the res. Mm-hmm. Tell us what's disappearing yeah, down our since throats. Since people can't see it, can That's you explain what's gotcha. in it? Yeah, so um, basically what we do is we take the beef, we braise it for eight hours. Uh-huh. And uh, once once it's tender, we we mix spices, mm-hmm. tomatoes, um, peppers, chilies, a lot of different things in it, and we add it to the liquid and we let it go a little longer. It's good. And then yeah, we take... We take that beef, we strain it out, we take the liquid, and we then we make a soup out of it. Mm-hmm. So we, we take the beef, we put it in um, quesadillas, I guess you could call them, uh-huh. with cheese. We grill them, and then you, you take those quesadillas, and then you dip them in the broth that it was braised in. And uh, it's very good. This is something I saw a lot in Southern California. It's beautiful. That I haven't seen out here. I wanted to bring it here. It's mm-hmm. good. Because I didn't want to go to... California all the time to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kathy, it looks like you mixed up a drink over there. Do you want to tell us what that is? Yeah, I, told you, yeah. I did a, a Boulevardier. Mm-hmm. So it's on our, our cocktail list. So rather than doing a traditional Manhattan, uh, this is kind of a Manhattan Beautiful. with a twist. Uh, we're using a local alcohol. It's uh, District, District Made. made. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're rye whiskey. They did a sampling with us, and I thought this was just a great product. Mm, that's delicious. That oh, is thank good. you. Oh, thank and you. strong. So yeah, it's very strong. Is the bar yeah. an important component yeah. of the food hall? So, so the food hall sits in the Gateway Arts District, which is the largest arts district in Maryland, D.C. Mm-hmm. and Virginia. And what was missing is um, a bar that stays open late or food concepts that stay open late. Mm-hmm. So in order for me to kind of have a successful food hall, you got to have the drinks. I don't drink, never have, but mm-hmm. yet I own a bar. And I remember saying, I got to own a bar. How's that going to work? Right. Um, so I had to bring on top talent that ran bars, that opened bars, that understood bars, because I knew I was in trouble when I went in front of the liquor commission and they said, hey, April, they all know that I don't drink. What's the difference between bourbon and whiskey? And I said, duh, the spelling. Yeah. Um, so, I knew, <laughs> so I knew I needed a Kathy to kind of mm-hmm. jump on board um, to kind of create community cocktail. So how does community cocktail work within the um the space yeah. is it central We're right in the center okay um and we encourage everyone that sits at the bar to bring food from the other location okay. so that it is truly a community bar and we do not discriminate in terms of who will sit at the bar some food halls you are not you're not allowed to bring other food hall foods to there doesn't make any not sense. at savor we mm-hmm. want you to drink eat and and have a good time with the community um, and how did you go about setting up the offerings there? Were there certain things that you were really looking to do? Sure. Um, I wanted to start with a craft cocktail list, mm-hmm. but traditional cocktails. Mm-hmm. So things that people recognize, like a Moscow Mule, Boulevardier. Um, these are old classics that we kind of put a modern twist on just to use uh, local product and maybe some fun different ingredients to zhuzh it up a bit rather mm-hmm. than just, you know, three basic mixers. We'll add a couple of other ingredients just to... Make it special or unique to our offering. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's It's really beautiful. All right, let's drag Chef Damien over here. Uncaged Mm -hmm. is in a building. So you're you're an uncaged chef. (laughs) Totally. No rules. What does that mean? (laughs) No rules is good food. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And you and you only cater? No. No, I mean, not you, now. And you've got this this outlet now, but before that, uncaged chefs was all catering, correct? No, we used to do a pop up every Sunday. Yeah, but before, but when you started, how did you begin? That's a long story. Okay, well, we don't have that long, so get it down to about two yeah, minutes. I was born in a log cabin. Mm-hmm. Long walks, long walks. 
But um, yeah, we started off as a pop up every Sunday, a small little carry out, and basically, I was but like, what were you what were you making? What was happening at this chicken pop-up? and waffles, shrimp and okay. grits, mm-hmm. crab cakes and fries? And where were you popping up at? Capitol Heights. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what I did was just took mm-hmm. uh, took like my last check. I was mm-hmm. cooking for like a bunch of athletes full time. Mm-hmm. Took my last right, check. You were a personal chef, isn't that how I met you? I think so. Right, you were a personal chef. Yes. Yeah. So took my last check, paid my bills. Mm-hmm. Oh. All I had was like five hundred dollars <laughs> left, <laughs> and I just flipped the money from there. Like mm-hmm. every Sunday from February twenty second, we sold out. All right, hold on. Every a Sunday, but I got fried chicken and waffles. I got salmon and Is that the and, and goat cheese ap- salad. The apple pie. What's apple you gotta pie? Pull the apple oh, it's an apple pie. pie. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, it's it. Apple pie goes on top and of it. This sauce. Just drizzle it on. Oh yeah, you gotta. So you gotta we're make drizzling it. apple pie. Make it nice. And make apples on yeah. top of the chicken and waffles. All right. I hope no one from EMP 180 is listening. You're gonna I'm not exactly <laughs> <laughs> Oh, with um, granola on top. So okay, so you're doing oh, these pop ups, and it was selling out like right. crazy. Okay, but it was only one day a week, right? One day. So it's gilding the lily. One day. So every Sunday we was averaging about five to seven hundred customers. Mm-hmm, that's a lot. Long, long. And line. how many people was were you with? Like how many? How did you get staffing? Like, how did you do it? Because I've been in this industry for twelve years, mm-hmm. so I know like a lot of cooks and chefs. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that believe in what I'm doing. Right. And the first beginning, the first my first team, I couldn't afford to pay nobody. Everybody just like, I said, I can't afford to pay nobody for three weeks. Okay. And he was like, all right, yes, chef. Okay, that's and great. And we just sold out every single Sunday. Amazing. And then April. Yay. I was going to say, so how did you guys find oh. each other? Okay, so Her I'm story, gonna, she got to tell, tell it. I'm the truth. She okay. got to tell it. So he was an executive chef at this restaurant in, in, at, in D.C. The, like youngest, on the, top, the youngest in the DMV. The to, the, uh, on the top of some rooftop. And I ate the macaroni and cheese. And I look at the wait- waitress. I was like, y'all have to have somebody black making this macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, the chef. I was like, bring him out. So um, here comes Chef looking like he was 12 years old. So I was like, bro, that that macaroni and cheese is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I have to work with you at some point. And at that point, I learned that he was the youngest executive chef in D.C. What and restaurant were you at? Capitol Heights. Uh, you can you're allowed to say it. <laughs> Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Off oh, off Dakota, Dakota, off yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that's and nuts. Eddie was out of Capitol Heights, right? Right. So and and I had a movement happening, and he was the first. Um, person that I reached out to for the food hall, and this was like two years before I even had the full design. I was just like, I got to make it for people like him. So did you have, you're doing this pop-up, but did you, now that you have an opportunity to have a food stall, so to speak, did you, were you like, okay, this is the menu I want to do. These are the things I want to make. How did you decide what it was going to look like? Basically, I just designed it like what I want to take a picture of. Mm-hmm. I didn't base it around the customers. Literally, it was like, what I want to take a picture of. Like this. Like, take a picture of that. It's going to go viral. Like, right. Crazy. I don't know if anybody's noticed. I haven't said a word because I'm you busy. You have been, like, killing this it over here. This is awesome. This is so, like, amazing. Yeah, I, is this like, I order this and this is what comes? Yes. Oh, yeah. Good that Lord. That amount of food. Yeah. Every time. an awful lot of food. Do you have a cardiologist in the store? We do. <laughs> we do. It's 1999. Mm-hmm. So how vast is your menu? Um, We have a... Maybe 15, 15 items. Mm-hmm. But then we run a lot of specials. Yeah. We don't, we only post it on Instagram. So if you follow us, you know the specials. Okay. If you don't, we won't tell you the specials. You just have to guess? Seriously? Yeah. You got to follow us on Instagram. It's an in thing. It's, yeah. it's 
a millennial thing. It is a millennial which thing. Which is not me. I'm on the fence on not it. Me. I am. I see what you're doing. I get it. I do. Follow All right. us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to everybody about this food hall and what's happening there and what are next steps. This is David wow. and Nikki Nellis. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I just want to take a quick opportunity to thank our sponsors, uh, Mirabelle, Ottoman Taverna, uh, Alba Osteria, Al Dente, Fabulous Brasserie Liberté in Georgetown, mm-hmm. Profish, Ivy City Smokehouse, Meat Crafters, and Central Farm Markets. And Chef Damien, I'm pigging out over here. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking all the rules of so my chef, diet. now that you're, uh, you have... <laughs> Uh, for lack of a better term, like a brick and mortar space, are you still doing pop ups? Are you doing both, or is this no, your sole I mean, focus? I direct all my attention to to the to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. The only goal is to pack it out. Okay, so when uh, so are you open for lunch? Like we didn't discuss hours or anything. Yeah, what does so, this look so, like? So the April? food hall opens at eleven a.m. Okay, um, and the bar stays open until two a.m. Wow, right? And when you guys were putting this together. Um, and you were working with uh, the real estate people who are, you know, there's not a lot of understanding of what it takes to do a food okay. hall. Like, I think a lot of people want them yeah. because they're super sexy, <laughs> but you need exhaust systems and you need ways. Yeah, I mean, if you're systems. deep frying things yeah. and you're cooking <laughs> things, you know, you need to be able to sort of function like small little restaurants. And make it work. Right. Yeah. So were they amenable to all that stuff or was it a learning curve for everybody? So so it was a learning curve for all of us. I've been in food forever, so I have an mm-hmm. understanding of how, you know, equipment, but when mm-hmm. it comes to putting together a food hall um, that is from multiple people, you have to have experts. Um, the first thing that I did was I talked with chefs to find out what are their needs in a kitchen space. Mm-hmm. But what I quickly learned is that depending on which chef, you're going to get a totally different answer. Right. So um, what's special about Saver is that it came with the equipment. Um, all of the equipment that the chefs have came from me financing it because I knew that the barrier to entry was so high because they couldn't come in and build. Most food halls, you have to come in and build your own space. Um, I had to hire, like we had um, a great architect firm, um, Grim and Parker. We hired kitchen consultants. Landex Development came in and they used all of their resources. We talked with everyone, but more importantly, we went out and we visited so many food halls to see how they flow, how they function, and some of the pain points. One thing that I will say is that a food hall is an amenity to buildings. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get higher rents. Um, you don't have to give concessions like one month off a free rent because people want to be where the food is because the food is a community now because that's what food halls represent. Well, especially if you're activating the space in other ways, which it sounds like you are. I mean, because you're yeah. not just food. You have, you know, this curated opportunity and all these artists. Classes. Right. So right. let's, can we add all that in? So I think what's missing from what we've been talking about today, because we've been just eating amazing food That's and good. learning about all these incredible vendors and the opportunities that are in front of them. But let's talk about how you become more a part of the community yeah. at a food hall. So um, first is location. Um, Our location is super special because we are in the arts district. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, in order for the community to respect us, first we had to talk with them, which I talked about earlier, but we also integrate their art into our space. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the art that's inside of our space was donated by the artists in the community. Like they came and they built, they painted murals, they painted painted our columns. Um, And because we did it in that collective way, Mm -hmm. that's what separates us from a lot of different um, food halls. Why don't you explain to people where Brentwood is? Because I think folks, I mean, you're you're 15 minutes from Montgomery County. Yeah. So and, and, you know, here's something important. When I developed 
um, Saver Food Hall, it was supposed to be a community food hall to, mm-hmm. you know, for Mount Rainier, Brentwood, North Brentwood, Hyattsville, because it's on Rhode Island Avenue, five blocks from the D.C. line. Mm-hmm. But now it's become a destination. People from all over Waldorf, College Howard Park. County, College Park, um, they come from every they fly in because they heard that it's the um, first one in the county. And they also fly in because it's the second black owned food hall in the nation. Mm-hmm. But the community supports it because I hold people accountable for um, uplifting minority companies because we are still disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beautiful part, because food halls have to have a culture. When you walk into some of them, they're sterile. They have a whole bunch of concepts, but no one sat and thought about the people that are coming into the food hall and right. how they will mix and what their take is on community. Mm-hmm. No, and sometimes that's why the food halls don't gel. Right. You know, like and there's a lot a, of infighting. Right. Um, they're there's successful on the outside. But when you start to talk to vendors and drill down, mm-hmm. um, you really get a chance to, um, you know, just hear some of the concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did what I did want to mention is that we have two other concepts that are not represented here. One is called Love Plate Soul and Grill. They were a food truck, um, a food trucker. I needed an element of food truck, you know, that food yeah. truck style. Um, inside the what? food hall. Can you hear me crunching? And, no, 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 I'm watching, no, I'm watching you eat. Usually <laughs> right, I'm the like, one accused of eating too much. You, but, you uh, eat your own lunch break. I'll eat this. Um, so, um, yeah, so I had to have that kind of street food element style mm-hmm. um, along with Relish Market. And everyone gets along. We have millennials, you know, Chef um, Chef Damien represents that millennial. I'm only on IG, which right. I'm in my 40s, and I'm like, can somebody set up an IG account for me? Right. <laughs> right? And I'm like, how do you make this work? Well, um, you're in your 40s. Why don't you have any wrinkles? Well, you know what they say. (laughs) You don't ask a woman that. That's a different show. Y'all know what they say. (laughs) Well, when we do the Match.com show, I'll be back. Um, And my voice will be a little, you know, um, heavier. (laughs) Hi, my name is Avery from Saver. But, but, you know, that also leads, like, we've had all sorts of crazy events at um, Saver because we also have space. Um, for a private event. So we were we had this event How coming up. How much room up. do you have? Could you have 8,500 So total, it's 87. Total. And then we have an amenity space upstairs so that people can look over and they can also rent the space out. And we've hosted everything from podcasts. So when y'all want to go on the road, come on over mm-hmm. at Saver. Um, matchmaking events. Um, what else have we had? Um, baby showers, album political events, parties. album release parties, pop-up pop up markets. We do a lot of pop-up markets for vendors because they don't have a place to go. Okay. They, they're just tired of like packing up their six foot table and, and Are you rolling looking to out. do festivals as well? I'm not quite sure if we're going to do festivals with other people, but we are curating our own festivals called Savor After Dark, mm-hmm. meaning that at night when it's dark, the lights go up for us outside. So remember, the, the important part of Savor Food Hall is that we are collective. So anything that we do, it's, it's as a direct financial benefit to them. So we will be our own vendors at our own events because sure. we want to bring money back into the food hall. That's the only way we can survive, honestly. Okay. Smart. And so for all of you who are a part of this food hall, um, how do you decide next steps? You know, because it sounds like April and her team have really raised up everything that you're able to do. Yeah. So... Obviously, you want them to grow as well, right? Yeah, I want, them, I, want to, I want them to grow smart, smart mm-hmm. growth, because when people get into food halls, they get like, um, you know, this huge success. I want them to be successful and I want them to grow, but I need them to use Savor as the, the place where they skin their knees because we have um, a couple of other food halls that are about to launch that are three times the size of Savor. And the goal is to take the same people and drop them into the other food where halls. Where are they? Um, so one, we're working things out with Prince George's County so that we can open one in Suitland because 
that part of Prince George's County is saying, we want something. Uh-huh. And the other is in Baltimore City, where my um, where my uh, baked goods company called Baked in Baltimore is located. So it's in the downtown area um, and one of the depressed areas of Baltimore City that I grew up in. Uh-huh. So being able to be that brown girl to build something, so never exciting. would have thought of it. Right. Never would have thought of it. So are you looking to bring in each of these? Yeah, they're supposed to come with me. They're married to me. Uh, um, yes. They're not yes. They're not going anywhere, You're but they get to, to be bigger, mm-hmm. right? And this time, as we build the next ones, they are my consulting team to say, hey, what can we do? Now that you're in a space, what can we do better? Right. How can we? Yeah. So, well, because the first time is a little bit of a test yeah, project, right? You have to figure it out. All sorts of lessons learned. What's mm-hmm. really smart about this and great for, 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 for you guys is to have... Um, I don't know, a mentor and a and yeah. a kind of a leader mm-hmm. who's thinking beyond these sort of obvious parameters and perimeters yeah. of the food hall to helping you grow. This is really cool. And you know, the thing is, is that um, some of the, the, the barriers to developing your food concept are, are in the small details. Like someone come, oh, I'm about to sign a lease for a new location. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. Before you sign a lease, let's talk about the economic impact of the lease. Let's talk about the feasibility of the lease. Let's talk about how your your in and out clause. Let's look at the escalators. Well, without that, paying, right, without sure. spending five hundred and fifty dollars an hour for a lawyer when I'm upstairs. All right. right. Now, I hate no, to do that's this. A, it's so important. Yeah. But the show is over. Oh my god. No, so no. give everybody <laughs> Savers um, uh, street address and web address. Uh, Saver is located at 3809 Rhode Island Avenue. In Brentwood. In Brentwood. We are at the retail space in Studio 3807. What's um, our email address? Our email address is... Web, website. No, no, no. Don't give that. Give the Instagram <laughs> handle. Oh, I Instagram is food at Saver Food Hall. I just okay. Very simple. And at Chef, Saver Food Hall. you want to tell us where we can find you on Instagram so we can at, know about your special? And the Uncaged so Chefs. The Uncaged Chefs. Also, follow us at Curated DMV. At mm-hmm. Curated DMV. Little Minor Saco. But if you go to... If you go to at um, Saver Food Hall, you get you get everybody. Yes. Everybody at there. Little Miners Taco and, and, and at Voss Foods. When your listeners come in, let them know that we they heard about us on your station, okay. so we can let you guys know. Thank All you. For right. Well, you heard us. it here. Well, we want to thank our guests for joining us awesome. in studio today. It was such a great conversation, and we just want you to know that you can always download this episode to hear it again, or if you miss some of it, you can come back to it. Please follow me at nyccinellis on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, of course, for all the latest news in the D.C. metro area and check out the list are you on it dot com for every food and wine event going on in the area Wait, don't you as want well. them to follow me? No, you don't have anything. Oh, I want to yeah, thank our right, guests once again for all this delicious food and great conversation in studio and everybody please have a delicious week. <laughs>